It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Oh, Miss Rusty. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the public access podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. Um, yeah, the show is sponsored by uh, Fred Ben Savage's Fox, Stoney's Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, uh, Hypnosis is Great, and Suckemup.org. So thank you guys, everybody, for being here. I appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that. And also, if you really want to, uh, you can leave a message. But if you do not want to leave a message, well, that's okay, too. And uh, this, you can do this. But I need messages. Give me some messages. You can get a hold of me at 503-974-6420 or send me an email at either rustydiamondhypnosis at gmail.com or thepublicaccesspod at gmail.com. And I'm going to go bring on our guest, my special guest today, right here and right now. Right here, right now, we have... Michelle Steiner. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great. How are you today? Not too shabby. It's, uh, yeah, not a, not a bad day today at all. Good. Glad to hear that. Oh, thank you. Um, so where, uh, where are you in the world here? I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. All right. The, the PA. Uh, have, have you ever been over to the Hershey Park? Yes, a lot. Yeah, we were just there a few years ago. So yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> How is the park? I've been uh, looking into it with uh, a friend of mine who's been wanting to go there. Right. The park, I remember going when I was really young and it was it was a lot of fun. Like you got a tour of the place, which was really nice. Uh, we were near the park a few years ago. We went to the gardens, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommended. <laughs> what are the gardens? They have like a botanical garden. Like there's one that's a oh. butterfly garden inside. And then outside, it's just like they have roses and they have different kinds of flowers. And it was just really neat to go there. That sounds pretty neat. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have a buddy. Uh, he asked me about it. He has a, a kid and he was, he already did the Disney part. Yeah. Uh, and, and, <laughs> He is he wanted something different, um, which uh, he's listening to this probably okay, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, go, go to Hershey and, and not. Uh, yeah, it probably costs a little less to to go. Yes, oh, definitely. It costs less to do that. And it's a nice little I mean, it's a small town, but I mean, it is nice to, to do that. And yeah, cost less and it's nice for kids and yeah. And adults. And adults too. Yes. There's adults something for too. everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
and I assume chocolate too, uh, somewhere along the way. Oh yeah, they they I believe they can get some candy and yeah, a lot of treats <laughs> afterwards. Excellent. So uh, let's see. So your position is is you're helping and assisting people with getting into courses, uh, college or other places? Actually, what I do is I'm a paraeducator. So what I, I work in a school with students that have disabilities. And um, I work a lot with uh, students that have autism. Some of them have learning disabilities like I do and ADHD and sometimes just some students that just need a little extra help. And uh, what I assist a teacher uh, and we work together to just make sure that they're getting what they need, uh, help them with their assignments. And I also do some advocacy work with them. Uh, a lot of times we'll have students that come in and they're a little afraid to ask for help. And I give them that, uh, you know, that little push that it's okay to ask for help. And all the kids know, don't ask me to help them with math. And <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, and on yeah, and I also have a blog called Michelle's Mission, and on my okay. blog I talk about having a learning disability, and I use a lot of nature metaphors, and I also put my photography on there as well. What do you uh, like taking pictures of? Uh, uh, Hershey Hershey Park, uh, among other <laughs> things. <laughs> Well, I like taking pictures of flowers. That nature has always been a passion of mine. Um, and butterflies, that's another thing I love to do. And I'm unable to drive because of my learning disability, uh, the visual perception part. It's not in my eyes, but it's in my brain. So whenever I go on for, uh, I'll have, a, I'll be in the car with my husband and I'll say, did you see this? And he'll be like, no, I didn't see that. I'm, he's he's focused on the road like he should be. And I'll get that chance later to go and take that picture of a flower or something that I saw. And that gives me a way to um, be able to connect a lot of my blog posts around uh, disabilities. So you're taking pictures while he's driving. You're taking pictures out the window. I usually don't take them out the window. Or not out the, but focused out the window. Um, I haven't really done that. I, maybe when we saw a rainbow, I can't remember that. That's that was the time that I remember taking a picture out of the window. But a lot of times in our own neighborhood, um, I'll have that chance to go back there and take that picture, or I'll see, oh, there's a garden we didn't know that was that existed, or there's a new, you know, new something that came up, and we get that chance to uh, look that up and just some of those things that. Uh, being in the passenger seat. If I was in the driver's seat, I would uh, miss out on a lot of that. Right. Um, and so what about like walking around? Do you have your camera when you're taking walks and uh, kind of ready for anything? Oh yeah, I, I generally have my phone with me. And I'll, so I'll be taking pictures of flowers and seeing things. And that's definitely what I, I try to have because I never know what, what I'll find. And I think that's one of the things I love about spring and summer is we're always getting uh, different things that are coming up. And now I can, since we lived in our neighborhood for about, oh, a few years uh, at, at our house, I'll know, oh, but I, these flowers come up around this time. I know this house has flowers that come up around that. And it, it kind of, it's just nice to go back there and see all those uh, changes. And then also some new favorites. Like what? 
Well, sometimes we'll have lilies that'll come out and I know, oh, this person always has lilies out in the front or uh, some roses that, that bloom. Uh, and I get, yeah, so sometimes those are some new things. And then we also have uh, a membership with FIPS uh, Conservancy in Pittsburgh. So we're, we go and that's our favorite. <laughs> we are always there. We can have the same show because uh, they run the same one for a few months usually. But what changes is uh, every time we go there, there, there's something, either a new flower blooming or there's a new, uh, just something that's uh, new, even if it's the same show. So this is a, a show at a, like a botanical garden? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And they put up theme shows uh, every couple of months. They have a new theme. Like what, what are some examples of some of the themes? Well, around Christmas, we always have the Christmas show. So there's always uh, just a lot of uh, holiday related things. And then usually around um, uh, January through February, it's our orchid and bonsai tree show, which is oh. neat. my husband loves bonsais. And then you a fan know, of the Karate Kid or something? Or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he likes stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> and um, we also get a spring flower show and that's only a few weeks and then uh, they'll have different themed ones for the summer this uh, summer's theme show is uh, Billy Porter's uh, Flowers Meet Fashion so what's that going to be like that is uh, a lot of uh, they have some dresses and fashion they have uh, boots that are hanging up uh different parts of things from his show like things like that and just different themes and there's also flowers that bloom alongside all of that too and so i have a question about your photography so mm -hmm. what it, did you start out with did you have uh i mean when when did your photography passion start out was that something when you were a kid and you had a uh, I mean, what was your first camera, I guess? Or was it, did you get into it on I, your phone? I got into it with my with my phone and my iPad. I can remember, uh, I my husband and I were on vacation. Well, we were at a wedding and uh, we also turned it into just a little mini vacation. We went to somewhere in New York uh, to a cemetery and it was around fall. And I took these pictures of angels and I had, at the cemetery and I had a friend that was really uh, particular like it, it, um, about things and she looked at me and she said these are really good and I thought well oh my goodness if I made her happy then um, I, it, we must have something going on so I um, put them in a, a show and I think I got um, honorable mention or something and that was my first time that I did that and wow. from that point, I just started taking pictures. And what I got a lot of people saying was, you're bringing out details and flowers that um, I miss. And I thought, oh, that's the visual part that comes with a learning disability. Because I can remember growing up with one and everybody would say, oh, you have a learning disability. I bet you're a great artist. And I'd be really frustrated because with my limited hand dexterity, it would be really hard to draw things and uh, write. And I thought, oh, I don't really have that visual thing. And it turns out I did. It's just I had to find it. And mine was photography. So how does that work? Um, what, what's the uh, the visual part of it that 
um, is the, the disability? What, what's sure. going on? That is my eye-hand coordination. And what will happen is I can remember, I'm terrible at sports. I can remember when I was really young, <laughs> I gym class was a nightmare. Uh, coordinating my body is really hard. And it also is really difficult. Like I had, I can remember, anytime I get an object that comes in my eyes or near that, I flinch. So that was really hard. And we knew driving was going to be a challenge. So one of the things my parents did was they said, okay, let's just wait a year. Uh, so I didn't get, we didn't even attempt to do anything uh, when I turned 16, like a lot of uh, kids my, that age would do. So we waited and my parents, uh, after we waited about a year, they started working with me uh, at home. One of the first things that uh, we did was my job was to mow that we had a big field. My parents live out in the country, so there's not a whole lot around. And um, they gave me the the lot the riding lawnmower and had me try to mow. And uh, instead of making really nice, long, perfect straight lines, I ended up making circles. So I affectionately say that uh, I now know where crop circles come from. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's what they look like <laughs> and then we tried uh, driving up uh, the driveway with my mom long driveway and we get up there and thankfully my mom was in the car with me or else I would have wrecked the car into the the, the garage so wow. uh, we knew at that point uh, I think that this wasn't going to be simple as, okay, study for the learner's permit uh, and go out and get a license. So right. I had an evaluation done at a, a rehabilitation hospital for, for driving and I passed everything on vision, uh, what to do if your car breaks down, all of those skills. The only thing they said they could not recommend me getting my license for was the visual perception. And that's, yep, the only part I couldn't do. And but I it relieved a lot of the weight off my shoulders because I knew with coordinating my body, that would be really hard. Um, you know, to I knew how gym class was. I mean, I mean, I am able to do group fitness classes at my, my local gym, but I just need to not do anything competitive. But I thought if I go in and I'm driving and I hurt somebody because of it, I just couldn't live with doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's, pretty fair and that's uh you know it's nice that you can understand that and, and notice mm -hmm. it and I mean um but I mean yeah maybe you're you're driving artist I mean if you're making crop <laughs> circles in there I mean maybe yeah. that's that's your art and you don't know about it if you can uh yeah, you know find a find a nice place where you have some open room you could probably do some uh some nice art there uh, as well. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that would be an option. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you got a, if you got a big yard to mow. Um, and so, so then you're, uh, you're taking a lot of pictures, uh, you said flowers and butterflies. And so what, what got you interested in the butterflies? I always loved butterflies whenever I was young. That was always something I loved. And then as an adult, I really started liking them even more. I was decorating with them, uh, things I would see, uh, but a lot of butterflies. And I noticed uh, right after uh, we did see our first butterfly hatch, 
that oh that was the first one was really interesting uh my husband picked some flowers out of the garden uh that were from uh, butterfly the butterflies really like and I thought okay if we have this nice flower in here and I started to notice this little thing on the flower and I thought oh we just got a, a worm or something and I'm I'm just not gonna you know worry about that I kept putting it off I thought oh I'll get rid of it or something but I left it there and sure enough though it wasn't a worm it started to become yellow and uh <laughs> look like a caterpillar and I was oh. Like, oh we have a caterpillar here and we had and I got to watch that transformation of it going through the chrysalis and chrysalis, yeah. just seeing it come out. And I was like, oh, we had a beautiful monarch butterfly. And I was able to compare my life with having a learning disability to all the phases of that, that butterfly that we saw. And it's uh, Pennsylvania. We can't do it year round with having butterflies, but every spring, uh, we get uh, the kit. We have a butterfly habitat. Our cats really like to, huh. are very interested in that. So we kind of sure. have to keep uh, them safe. But I get to see that process of the, the butterflies that just transform, you know, that, through that um, thing, through that transformation. And we have painted ladies and Another thing with butterflies is significant is instead of throwing rice or bubbles at our wedding, my husband, we, we did a butterfly release and they were painted oh. lady butterflies. So I always think about that happy day too, whenever we release them. Uh, yeah. Here. So, uh, well, well, I mean, what, what would that look like? I mean, was everyone, did everyone know there were going to be a bunch of butterflies that were flying out at the as you after you two got married or, or what most people knew because they knew I love butterflies and they 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 most of them knew we had a small wedding but yeah everyone that knew me loved that and I can remember right before I uh, was ready to go down the aisle and you know I was getting ready and to start one of my friends came up and she showed me the butterfly and you could see it moving in the in the envelope so and they sat on my parents fridge uh, until it was ready because we had to keep it cool enough so they wouldn't uh necessarily uh be ready to fly you know early yeah. so yeah <laughs> and they were they were just they were waking up and that yeah and so uh, yeah i mean that's a cool way to do that and so did you uh so okay so but at this point you have the butterflies going out, but you don't have your camera. You don't have your your phone or your your iPad. I mean, what what were you thinking then? Was that was that a thought in your head? Even I hope someone's getting pictures of this and we, yes, what, I, had, what, yeah. what I would do if I was taking this picture <laughs> as opposed to what someone else would have done. Right. We did have a photographer and we had other people take pictures as well. And we had our butterflies. Uh, you know, we, we we didn't get too much of an up close of them. I think there was one of our guests got a got a good shot. Uh, I think I think the photographer got one of them. And, but then we have our just our pictures of us just opening up the envelopes and the butterflies going around. And yeah. Cool. And so, I mean, if, so if you're going to teach someone. Uh, photographing techniques 
differently from somebody else? What, I mean, what's the way that you would do it that someone else probably wouldn't pick up on? What's some small uh, detail that you would like to show people how to do that, you know, someone, other people might overlook, like you were saying with, mm -hmm. um, with the, the different parts of the flower that people usually don't see. What I would like to tell people is just to be aware of what is around there. Cause a lot of times people just maybe wouldn't have that awareness that, oh, there's this new flower because people go through life, maybe not reflecting or not pausing. Uh, that's one thing I'm not sure how to, um, I've never taught photography before. So, but I just go in and I see it and then I'm like, oh, okay, this, and sometimes what people don't see too, are the ones that don't work out and you're like, oh, okay, that, that just goes to, you know, but yeah. um, a lot of times we just play around with it too. We see what kind of filters we see. Okay. Is it going to look good if I take it from this angle? And a, a lot of times it's just a lot of trial and error and just to be patient with the process. And so then are you having uh like a okay so like if someone is driving a car as opposed to walking let's say you're walking mm -hmm. you're you're driving down your street mm -hmm. and there's 10 houses and 10 yards mm -hmm. if someone's driving a car looking out the window what they see compared to what you would see even being a passenger or being like walking and going up to the actual uh whatever the subject is the, mm -hmm. the flower or whatever um i mean that's something because you're both going you're both seeing the street that you live on you, you both could go at the end of the day and say oh i went and saw uh my whole street um you know mm -hmm. post something on on facebook or something mm -hmm. but then the experience that you get and the experience that the person driving the car gets are going to be two completely different things yes. um yeah or you know like if you're driving past uh driving through a, a downtown area mm -hmm. i mean someone's gonna say oh i saw this storefront uh, <laughs> i saw i saw a big sign that said you know uh eat at Joe's or something, but then you would see, you know, something in the window, some, uh, you know, some flyer for some, something that's going on soon, or, you know, but that person that was driving by wouldn't have seen that. So is that sort of what it would be like with when you're taking pictures yes. of flowers, <laughs> you feel like you're seeing, you're, you're in there and you're uh, seeing stuff that others would just kind of drive quote unquote drive past right a lot of times I'll see that like I, I will see a flower that maybe somebody else will miss or someone else will because they're so focused on the road they don't get to see a lot of what's the surroundings and sometimes uh, when we do travel my you know my husband he'll be focused on the road uh, with safety but he'll say can you look out for this because I mean thankfully it, it's a little easier uh, now that everything is like on our phone that we can use like with google maps and things but yeah. 
or for directions, but sometimes uh, uh, even when we, you know, we had GPS before, didn't always go with the way that we thought it was going to. And sometimes even on our directions things on our phones, that doesn't always go that way. So he'll be like, hey, keep an eye out for this or keep an eye out for that. And um, so we work together. Yeah, I think one thing that needs to happen with the, the maps on our phone mm -hmm. is they need to have it, if you need to take, uh, let's say you need to take a left turn here, but then uh, pretty soon after you're going to have to take a right uh, <laughs> after that. So like, so we say, you know, take a left, but get, be ready to make a right hand turn soon after. And I feel as, or, you know, something on the freeway, if people are driving mm -hmm. on the freeway and, um, you know, if you have to hit a couple interchanges really fast, you know, like, you know, make sure you right. take this exit to the right. But then make sure you're all the way over to the left because you have to take this exit right away to get onto another freeway. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th I think that would help. I mean, back when we used to have to do with the maps and stuff, I mean, we could kind of, we would have that, you know, I don't know, because you wouldn't really probably be driving and looking at the map at the same time. Someone else might be holding the map, but at least that, you know, that person can go and be able to tell more than one stop ahead and with driving i mean i think it's yeah yeah or, you know any navigation you know being one step ahead at least exactly and i'm terrible with maps so i can just remember being frustrated back in school <laughs> when we would get these maps i'm like oh boy here we go <laughs> and i do struggle like with the left and the right like the computer and that's part of the, the, the learning disability but i get that chance though to say Oh, I, I can see this or I can see that or I can, you know, where, where uh, things are. So, yeah. And so. Uh, so then are, are you having. Times where you say, hey, stop, stop the car. I need to get out and take a picture of this. Uh, just uh, grab the wheel and fly over to the right hand side or um you know whatever whatever you do to get attention to yeah have the car be pulled over usually we don't do a whole lot of that a lot of times it's just i'll observe things and then if uh it is like uh if it's in locally and i can walk to it i'll think oh there's that flower that's on this street uh next time i'm out maybe i'll take a little uh walk over and see what you know, and take a picture of it. Uh, but usually when we're driving, uh, we just, I don't get it. I don't always get that chance to, to do that, but that's okay too. But sometimes I'll think in the future, oh, that might be something new. We didn't know that that garden existed or that place uh, happened. So uh, I try to put those uh, in the back of my head. Cool. And then, so, uh, so with your your students you work with, have you ever got them into anything photography or kind of being able to see things through your point of view? If they're looking, you know, like looking at something in the classroom, are you ever, you know, trying to show them how you're seeing things or is that? I generally it... don't do a whole lot of that, but what I do is I, I always seem to get the kids that are really into art and might be a little quiet and may maybe overlooked and they'll they get they give the chance to show me their artwork and I get that chance to encourage them to be able to uh, you know just to keep on going and to pursue that passion. 
So are they doing art when you're in class then? Is it is there class time doing art? The, well, I do have Sometimes. students that go into art class, yes. The, um, okay. the most of the students, uh, last year I worked with seventh graders. So we have students that switch oh, okay. a lot of classes. And sometimes I'll go with them uh, to their art class or like, or just in the beginning, I'll walk them or kind of communicate with the art teacher because a lot of times they don't have help in the room. And I get that chance to kind of just be like, okay, it's going to be okay. We'll, we'll, especially the ones who really aren't into it. I'm like, it's, it's okay. But a lot yeah. of times we'll have students that'll have free time and they'll draw things. And I get that chance to be like, oh, that's really nice. And I love it when they, they show me their artwork. I think that's a good thing too. Yeah. And then, so, so then you're also going into class, uh, like besides having everyone in one class, you're also going in and doing the, the help with individual students and yes. uh, who kind of, you know, that are, um, both in the, the classroom, um, with, with everybody else yes. in the class, as well right. as the, the classroom, like with the, where, where they're not with everybody in the class and they're, yes. and can use a little extra help. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, a lot of times I'll go into regular ed classrooms, uh, like a regular ed history or regular ed English. Um, and I'll help them in the room when we have students that have disabilities and we have some that just need a little extra help and others that, I mean, that maybe don't need that necessarily, but we, we try to go in and just help uh, a lot, just whoever needs that, uh, just that little extra push uh, or that little extra uh, assistance. And then we do have a room uh, that kids come in for like a study hall almost, but they get uh, specialized help with their work and that, oh. yeah. And so then did, I mean, what's the difference between when you were a kid uh, and going through school um, compared to what's going on now? I mean, do they have, uh, mm -hmm. did you notice the program then was different than it is now is it better now or is it um yeah it's slightly different now i because whenever i first started uh they found out i had a learning disability in kindergarten so okay. i had to repeat kindergarten the following year and that in a new school and we only had partial uh of the day uh kindergarten so i started my my day in a first grade classroom like for a homeroom and then I went to learning support, ate lunch with my first grader, my first grade class, and then went to kindergarten in the afternoon. That was a little confusing, especially when it was photography, whenever we had our school pictures, I, I was in two classes. So it was, yeah, I think the poor photographer and the other kids didn't, didn't get it when the yearbook came out, but I did had you, a, yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you get two pictures or did you I, use the same picture twice? They used, uh, I think, I can't remember. Maybe it was the same picture twice or maybe it was two pictures. I, I, I can't remember. But I think my family only purchased one of, yeah, that year. But I can remember I had learning support where I was in all uh, learning support classes in the beginning where it was specialized instruction on what I could do. And I, I, 
I can remember eventually a lot of those strategies worked. I was frustrated. I wanted to learn just like everybody else did. Uh, and eventually I was starting to get into more regular ed classes for reading, science, and social studies. And uh, I had accommodations along with them. I had extended test time. I had um, the test read aloud to me. And those helped my brain be able to process the information a lot better. And uh, I can remember there was a stigma that was attached to that because a lot of times uh, our school was a very small school district, so there wasn't a lot of diversity. And uh, my disability really stuck out uh, in, a, in a negative way. So there was that social aspect. And I was how, in, yeah. I'm uh, sorry, how so? Well, a lot of my that? peers didn't think that uh, I was smart. They lumped me in with all the learning support students and everyone thought, oh, she can't do, can't learn at all. Or, oh, and it was hard because my learning support peers, they struggle more with reading and behavioral issues. And a lot, some of them, I don't even think had learning disabilities. I think they had some other um, disabilities, but we didn't know where to place them. So we were all kind of in one room uh, when we had learning support. And then the regular peers didn't view me as smart. So that was hard. And when I was in elementary school, it was, okay, you didn't get invited to a birthday party. Uh, no one wanted to play with you on the playground. But as a teenager, you had more groups that were defined. And I really didn't feel like I fit in with a lot of my peers that I went to school with. And one of the things that really helped with that is I found in a neighboring school district, um, there were some students that participated in an art program with a newsletter. Oh. And yeah, so I started to write for them and, and met some other peers that, um, you know, didn't know me. And I could shed that reputation of being the outcast that I had for all those years. And that led to uh, support, like with me reaching out to other people in the community uh, and some of those friendships uh, and my writing groups uh, were friends 25 years later. So, yeah. Wow. And so, I mean, do you think that being an outcast as, you know, as a, as a kid, mm -hmm. do you think that helped you, um, you know, like you said, more being able to reach out to other people because you know that mm -hmm. you know what it's kind of like to be an outcast and kind of on the yeah you know on the, on the fringe and you know I like not not really finding that your spot and but I think that that builds a lot of character as well and um, yep you're able to know who you are you're not, you know, you already knew who you are, were, as opposed mm -hmm. to thinking that you are that, that group at first, but um, then you're able to find out that I can get in with, with an art group and. Uh, right. Yeah. Definitely. And it makes, it made me uh, a lot, build a lot of character, build a lot of strength, a lot of resilience uh, to, to be able to do that and, and to know what I want rather than uh, what everybody else around me does and, and to be able to appreciate a lot of the differences with other people. I think that's important too, that just, yeah, being able to, I mean, uh, 
you said this was middle school or high school would you what when did you say this was high school this yeah. was high school and i mean high school mm -hmm. is uh is a difficult time for anyone and definitely but also in high school not a lot of people know who they are mm -hmm. they just want to be part of the you know whatever trying trying to fit in but here you yeah. are <laughs> doing your own thing which at that age may not think that you know may think it's kind of difficult but then how many years later i mean you're you find out how helpful that was to be able to know who you are at that age and embrace it rather than trying to hide from it Exactly, because I can remember there was a time where I was like, oh, I want to fit in with everybody and I would go out and try out for things and it just was not um, definitely some stuff I was good at and um, I would try, I would be like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I fit in? And I would try to change myself and then I finally got to the point. And, and that I thought, okay, I'm going to be my own person. And if people like me, great. If people don't, that's okay too. And that, that helped a lot. And also it was that acceptance with having a lot of the meeting, those relationships in that group and encouraging me to reach out even to other groups and having some friends that were just a few years older than I was, that were a positive influence and just, yeah, keeping up the, the relationships after that many years. And so then in turn, you got to do that once you mm -hmm. became the, the older person there. And, yeah, you know, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, someone someone's giving you a hand up, mm -hmm. helping you out there. When you get lifted up, then then you want to be, you know, having that arm and hand back down and, you know, trying to help everybody else get up to your level. Right. I definitely want to help other people that have disabilities and to be able to be there with the, the support and uh, whether that's through my work at the school or my work on the blog. Um, I just want to be able to uh, be there for some people that have disabilities. Nice. Okay. And so where can everybody find you here? Uh, find your blog, sure. find your the way to sure. contact you. I am at michellesmission.net and I'm also um, on Facebook and Instagram. The same Michelle's mission as well? Um, yes, I do have a page on there as, as well too, so. Okay, well that, that's, yeah, okay. Uh, like on Instagram, it's Michelle's mission. Um, actually, it's it... minor seven two five six, I believe. I'll I'll give you the links okay. for that. <laughs> sure, yeah, and I'll put that in the show notes so everyone can. Make sure they find you and make sure they get the the right um sure michelle to to follow here um yeah and so yeah thank you so much for being on here it was great getting to talk with you and thank and, you for having me i certainly appreciate it rusty yeah you're very welcome michelle have a great rest of your day you too bye, -bye. all right thank you bye all right michelle steiner so you guys uh, i'll put all that in the notes so you get a hold of her man um yeah, check her out, check out her work. And if you could use some extra assistance or know somebody that would, you can reach out to her as well. And I mean, with so much online, it doesn't matter where she lives. She lives in Pennsylvania. You can live anywhere. You can live in Timbuktu. It's all right. Still the same. So you guys, thank you so much for listening here. Um, 
I do have a couple things. So um, I wanted to do this. Uh, Jonathan, where is that? He, oh, geez. Well, that's fun. Um, he wanted me to play something. So I'm gonna do that here if I can. Let's see. Uh, sheesh. Maybe I will. Where where'd that go? I don't know. It's somewhere. Right where I thought I put it. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, let's do this. So yeah, let's let's play this and we'll get uh, on our way out. So I'm gonna make sure I get this up so everyone can see it. I want to invite you guys to the Indianapolis, Indiana Omega Church, and you guys can join us via Zoom. The Zoom ID is 985-2323-805, and the password is 0000, and we'll be having service this Sunday at 1030 or 11 a.m., and we would love for you to join us via Zoom. And if you're ever here in Indianapolis, Indiana, it is 2143 Prospect Street. And we would love for you to join us. God bless you. All right. Yeah, that's, that's Jonathan there. Um, so he wanted me to get that out into the, the world there. So um, if you guys want to, uh, check that out. It's on Zoom again. You, don't, you can be anywhere you want. Uh, yeah, and you guys, thanks so much for listening here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network. My name is Rusty Diamond, and you know, you know how we do. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for being here again. So that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?